BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Hey, posted in my social media right now is a great opinion piece. I think really well done. It's from CNN.com, co-authored by my next guest. Christopher Ray is a professor of Chinese and former director of the Center for Chinese Research at the University of British Columbia. He wrote a book on Chinese humor called The Age of Irreverence, A New History of Laughter in China. Also co-authored a book with Thomas Mullaney called Where Research Begins, Choosing a Research Project that Matters to You and the World. The essay that I made earlier reference to was co-authored with Jeffrey Wasserstrom. This is Dr. Christopher Ray. Dr. Ray, thanks so much for being here. Thanks very much, Michael. The comic ingenuity of the Chinese protesters. This first came on my radar screen when I was reading a news account about certain of the protesters and how the the crowd was being uh, told not to be chanting slogans in opposition to the Chinese government. They all of a sudden switched tactics and started jokingly going in a completely other direction. Continue lockdowns, continue lockdowns. And that's sort of emblematic of what you wrote about recently with Jeffrey Wasserstrom. Yes, and the situation in China, I think a lot of Chinese people are feeling is quite absurd. It's absurd how heavy-handed the government has been, ostensibly to protect the health of Chinese people. But the degree of lockdown, the degree of restrictions on people's movement is really out of proportion with the risk. And people have been under lockdown for a long time. And so it's like nothing we've seen in North America. It's really it has to be experienced to be understood. And so their approach is one of, as you put it, comic ingenuity. Explain. Yeah, I, the Chinese people have a great history of making merry or having fun despite their hardships. And um, I think that the laughter is quite therapeutic to people who are under uh, duress. And so this is something, you know, the example that you gave is one where people will say, you know, one one side of the protesters will say, we want freedom, not COVID tests. The other say, we want COVID tests, not freedom. And part of that is really a self-defense thing. They're pointing out the absurdity. But uh, a lot of people are really making a bodily commitment by taking to the streets. This is not just an abstract online phenomenon. And this is a surveillance state. So people are under threat and they risk being uh, identified by cameras and being tracked down. And so they're trying to confuse the police and the authorities who might 
um, have reprisals against them. So it's meant to be funny, but it's also a matter of self-protection. June 4, 1989, a big day in world history. What happened and how has that now uh, entered the conversation of comic ingenuity? How does one reference June 4 without referencing June 4? Well, there's one way uh, you can do it, which is to talk about May 35th, right? Uh, a, an anniversary that never comes around. and uh, what? But one that we can speak of if we can't say the words June 4th. That's something you cannot type into a Chinese search engine and get any results because June 4th is standing for the Tiananmen massacre. And so nothing's going to come back. And so it's this kind of joking workaround that uh, Chinese people are great at. Chinese is a language that's a lot of fun, has a lot of puns. And uh, people have, I think, had to resort to a lot of evasive tactics in order to get their message out. So it's this big game of whack-a-mole with about a billion people playing, you could say, and the government on one side and the people on another. If I were to if I were to carry a sign, a banner of some kind that said, always remember May 35th, is anything going to happen to me? Am I going to be surveilled? Am I going to end up in the same database that I would if I tried to say something about Tiananmen Square? Unfortunately, yes, uh, that that cat is out of the bag. And okay. so, yeah, if you were seen uh, showing that sign, certainly you could be detained or arrested and there could be major repercussions for you. So, in other words, the the objective of the protesters is to always remain one step away by the time that the Chinese authorities figure out, hey, May 35th is being used as a synonym or synonymously with June 4. You need to have moved on to the next comic ingenuity to make your point. Yeah, so I need, memes travel really fast, and jokes jokes are ideal memes. You know, comic uh, comedy is really the best type of meme, and that's why you get this proliferation of all these uh, variations on a theme. So the one that you've probably heard of is Xi Jinping as Winnie the Pooh, right? This came from a photograph of Xi walking with uh, Barack Obama uh, during that presidency, and the two looked there's like the spitting image of Pooh and Tigger. And of course, you know, China wants to project soft power, but when you're, you know, strongman authoritarian leader is this plush teddy bear, it rather undercuts his pomposity. And so you've had this, you know, this spiraling of different uh, Winnie the Pooh memes. NPR reported that uh, just yesterday, J the Japan's Disney store is now selling t-shirts showing a Winnie the Pooh looking at a blank sheet of paper the type of blank sheet of paper that uh, <laughs> protesters are now using to say, you know, you know what we want to say. You just won't let us say it. Well, now that you've brought that up, explain the, the history of the blank sheet of paper and how that's being used. Boy, the blank sheet of paper uh, in China is not the only uh, authoritarian or repressive regime in the world. Uh, we've seen people use blank sheets of paper in Belarus and other parts of the world um, in protest situations. But really, if you are showing nothing, then nothing can be taken away from you. And it's something that, you know, how could you how can you ban A4 paper? But people are calling this the A4 revolution and uh, one that is really kind of showing showing uh, just how low of a nadir uh, the Chinese people have reached where they're suffering physically. People, millions and millions of people are trapped in their homes. They can't go to their jobs. They can't always get enough to eat. Um, and so what is the response going to be? You have some like high-minded university people showing Friedman equations, like this abstruse um, Einstein 1920s uh, equation 
signifying the expansion of the universe, but everybody's universe has been so contracted now. So that's one approach. And of course, a freed man, like we all want to be a freed man at this time. But I, I'd say that there's a lot of uh, a lot of humor inherent in that white sheet of paper. There's even a tradition in Chinese landscape painting called leaving a blank, right? This is like the space for the imagination. So everybody, you fill in the blank. That's the punchline here. Christopher Ray is a professor of Chinese, former director of the Center for Chinese Research at the University of British Columbia. One more of these workarounds, if you don't mind, the emoji of a bowl of grain and a small rabbit. What's that all about? I'll tell you in just a second, but actually I have a question for you, Michael, which is, have you ever considered getting a tattoo of your name in Chinese characters? I have not, but maybe maybe I should. Why? All right. Well, it's a good thing I'm here because you could take your name, Smirkonich, and translate it a couple different ways. So maybe your readers could tell or your listeners could tell you which would be the best option for you. So one would be kind of a more classical version using the name of China's most famous historian. This is Sima Kanishi, right? The historian who avoids horse stuff. Uh, that would be one option. There would be another that's for Smirkonich, Shima Kanishi. Uh, is that right? Maybe so, which may be better for an interviewer. So this is the type of like wordplay that Chinese people are doing all the time. So the, the rice bunny was one for the Me Too movement because the Me Too movement had a lot of resonance in China. Uh, there's a lot of sexism, particularly in workplace environments. And um, so a lot of people want to say, yes, Me Too, Me Too in China. But then that term became banned. And so there had to be some kind of workaround and Me Too. Sounds like Me Too in English, but it also sounds like uh, Rice Bunny. Are those the characters that they use? So it's something that um, especially young Chinese are very, very good at. So a lot of people, you know, sign off on their email or their text with 88 because Baba sounds like bye bye in English. So it, the Chinese humor is not just a monolingual thing. It's also a kind of multilingual thing as well. So, Dr. Ray, how are the Chinese authorities combating this or seeking to keep up with this? And by the way, are they ever humored by any of it? Well, I'd say that, uh, yeah, you do have some official humor. You know, if you read the People's Daily, occasionally they'll print jokes. And there's a lot of effort to co-opt the humor in different ways. But I think it is essentially, a, you know, there are fewer censors than there are common people or netizens. And there are fewer people to monitor the accounts on social media than there are accounts on social media. So it is a kind of catch-up game. And uh, I think the one of the red lines that people are not supposed to cross is making fun of the leaders at all. So Xi Jinping is someone who has come in for a lot of grief on social media because he is really the one ultimately responsible for the current policies. And a lot of people will think back actually to modern China's first president, Yuan Shikai, who had pushed aside the founding father of modern China. You know, U.S., we love our founding fathers. In China, there was a good founding father, and he was immediately pushed aside by this military strongman who, a few years after 1912, you know, 1916, he tried to make himself emperor. And when Xi Jinping declared he was doing away for, with um, term limits for himself and essentially making himself president for life, there were a lot of resonances. And so you get a lot of Yuan Shikai memes from over 100 years ago coming back in popular discussion. 
a flashpoint, no pun intended, for much of this was that recent fire in an apartment block that claimed the lives of 10 people believed to have died, as you write, due to stringent COVID-19 lockdowns that made the escape of those who were there difficult. Uh, Now comes the news that Apple is making plans to move some production out of China instead looking to India and Vietnam. Can you respond to that issue? What What do you make of, of Apple saying we're going to produce fewer of our iPhones in China if we can? It would be really interesting to see if that gains any momentum. There's been a lot of talk about businesses or nations trying to decouple from China. I think that would be very, very difficult to do. But if some you know, brand name uh, corporate leaders like Apple start to do it, it could be contagious. And I think it's that contagion, you know, contagion of COVID, contagion of popular discontent or, or business world discontent that is what the Chinese government truly fears. So and comedy is contagious too, but you know, if you're hitting an authoritarian regime in the pocketbook, you know, we, we've seen the effects in South, uh, South Africa back in the the bad old days. So I, I don't know what the if that many con- that many uh, corporations are actually going to do that. I think most will take a wait and see and hope approach. So most are just going to hope that the Chinese government does find some way out of the COVID crisis. But I agree that it doesn't have a lot of great options at this point. It really needs uh, you don't need to be a a doctor to know that China needs much much better vaccination program than it has right now. Chinese people are very good about masks, but they don't have the vaccines at the moment. One other Apple related question. I don't know how closely or how knowledgeable you might be about the whole airdrop situation, how Apple users are not able to use airdrop, although around the globe they can. Apple says this is the first of a, a rollout that will be global in nature. But I keep reading and others have commented on how the protesters had used that as a means of communication. And it certainly looks from afar as if this was Apple doing a solid for President Xi to limit the ability of these protesters that you and I are talking about to maintain close contact. Is there any benign explanation? I guess that's I guess that's my question. Well, I I don't know everything about the Apple story, but I do know that for the Chinese media environment, the government essentially insists on a monopoly. They don't have an actual monopoly, but they want to control distribution of ideas. And so there's a huge state-run media apparatus. There are, again, some ways that can be challenged through social media and other channels, but uh, all corporations working in China have to be under Chinese law, which is written in a very vague way that this is that essentially leaves the ultimate interpretive authority uh, within the hands of the government. And so they can put the squeeze on any organization, especially when there is money to be made or lost. And so Apple, like other corporations, finds itself in that situation and they have a power to do good or evil in how well they comply with those laws. A final thought. Humor is a powerful agent. We just saw it here. I'm, I'm a Pennsylvanian. We just saw it to a limited extent in Pennsylvania in our U.S. Senate race, which was, uh, I guess, until tomorrow's Warnock-Herschel Walker rematch, uh, the most prominent in the nation. Got a tremendous amount of attention. John Fetterman ultimately bested Mehmet Oz. But Fetterman was able to very effectively use humor against Dr. Oz. And I'm wondering if if we'll see more of it in our domestic politics here in the United States. Any thoughts on that? 
I, I do hope that humor remains part of the uh, public sphere and part of the political sphere. I remember being in China back in the 1990s, and the old joke was, you know, an American says to a Chinese person, hey, you know what, I know what freedom of speech is. I can stand in front of the White House and say the American president is an idiot, and there'll be no repercussions. And the Chinese person says, so what? I can stand in the middle of Tiananmen Square and say the American president is an idiot. Of course. So, you know, we got freedom of speech, too. So we'll, let's hope that there is more humor, uh, but not not of the bitterest kind, because China has a long road ahead. I feel like we all have a long road ahead and we need a sense of humor to survive. Dr. Ray, that was really great. And I learned some things. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Mike. Christopher Ray is the author of The Age of Irreverence, A New History of Laughter in China, also co-authored a book called where research begins choosing a research project that matters to you and the world. Did you look up uh, my name in Chinese as he as he was recommending for a tattoo? Yes. So I, I texted you the characters. I you did. They may or may not be correct. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. But you know, worth a try. And how would and how I would they put, look on my arse? Is the question. Let me just see. That's, oh, that's a lot. That's, that's too long. That's the question. Your name is long. That's, that's the long. question you want me to answer. That's, what is wrong with you? That's where you're getting it tattooed? How about a forearm? How about a lower yeah. leg? Like, why are we there? Why? Right, right. on my forearm. Could you Somewhere. imagine if I had that oh, yeah. on, on my forearm? Uh, no, too interesting. Hey, I thought that was really, really uh, he was terrific. remarkable in yeah, terms of, of really how the good. Chinese are doing this. I, I do want to talk about Chinese manufacturing and these issues more broadly. I mentioned that Apple now has accelerated its plans to shift. I know we would all. What are you laughing at? <laughs> has HR finally called you back? They never call me back. <laughs> I mean, I didn't respond. I could have said, well, it's OK. Forget OK. It. I'm, no, I'm, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Apple has accelerated plans to shift some of its production outside of China, long the dominant country in the supply chain that built the world's most valuable company, say people involved in discussions, it is telling suppliers to plan more actively for assembling Apple products elsewhere in Asia, particularly in India and Vietnam, they say, and looking to reduce dependence on Taiwanese assemblers led by Foxconn. Turmoil at a place called iPhone City helped propel Apple's shift at the giant city within a city in uh Zenghao, is that how it's pronounced? As many as 300,000 workers work at a factory run by Foxconn to make iPhones and other Apple products. At one point, it alone made about 85% of the pro lineup of iPhones, according to market research from CounterPoint Research. I have a question for the uh, the POTUS audience. Uh, I want to ask if you, in your business activities have contemplated or do manufacture goods in China in line with the news that Apple is now trying to get out and at least direct more work toward India and Vietnam. What have you made in China and why? I mean, the why, I assume it's because it's so much cheaper to make it in China. But I would love to have a tangible example what business are you in and why have you found it necessary to look, if not do business, with the communist Chinese? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. What are you making in China and why? That is that is what I want to know. Terrence, you're in Michigan. What kind of goods do you have made or play a role in having made in China? I'm in, Hello, Michael. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm in the solar energy industry and okay. uh, have been for the last 35 years and have worked around the world and am now working for a Chinese manufacturer as uh, I think they're the best. So... Why can't those products be made in the United States? Is it just the, the, the cost of labor is so ridiculously low? That's what I'm really trying to get to. Yes. And, uh, and the company was founded by a Chinese man, and so he just naturally set up in China. But, indeed, we are expanding to other countries and work around the world, and I'm looking at uh, other places to manufacture. For example, we can send goods into Canada without tariff but we cannot send goods into Michigan without or into the United States without tariff. And, and so we're looking at other places where manufacturing costs will be essentially lower because there's no tariffs coming into the states. But those, those labor costs have to be so low that it makes sense even to spend on shipping and the U.S. tariff to be able to distribute your goods in the United States, which means they're enormous. The, the the low wages or the tariffs? 
the low wages. The, the, the gap in wages must be so significant that it still is made up for. Well, it's uh, the thing about that is that we're automating so much in our industry that it's actually not the driving the wages that are really the issue. It's really the okay. Then what? To the what is it? And, what is it? Is it the is yeah. it the U.S. labor market? No, I think the U.S. labor market. I think it's a U.S. tech and uh, just didn't keep up uh, in the solar energy industry and. Uh, they just develop better tech, better manufacturing techniques, uh, uh, more efficient manufacturing of solar panels and inverters, uh, the two main products in China over the past 20 years. We just gave it. I remember when I first got into the industry, Arco Solar and uh, and SolarX out of Maryland, they were the top PV module manufacturers and and a company called Xantrex was the 95% dominant player, you know. But then Germany came up with a better inverter and it ended up taking over, you know, the U.S. market in inverters. And okay. uh, Well, you're, you're helping uh, me. I'm, it's complicated is what I'm hearing from you. It's not so straightforward. It's not just the cost of, of labor. There was – thank you, Terrence. Good luck. There was a story, an editorial over the weekend in the Wall Street Journal on a subject we've discussed before. Headline, where did young male workers go? Employers keep hiring, but too many people are staying on the job market sideline. Uh, retail lost 30000 probably owing to spending shifts to services from goods, which was bound to happen as the pandemic faded. Workers who lose jobs in department stores are finding them in other places. Notwithstanding reports of layoffs in Silicon Valley, plenty of businesses are hiring. The problem is they can't find enough workers. The civilian labor force on the household survey shrank by 186,000 last month, while the participation rate ticked down 0.1 percentage point to 62.1. As a result, the unemployment rate stayed flat at 3.7%. Labor force participation remains significantly down from 63.4% before the pandemic. And it's not merely a result of more baby boomers retiring. Labor force participation among males, 25 to 54, has slid to 88.4% from 89.3% before the pandemic. Don't blame COVID. The decline is most pronounced among young men. Labor participation among males, 20 to 24, has fallen 1.7 percentage points since January of 2020, etc., etc., etc. What accounts for it? And why is so much being manufactured in China if it's not just the cost of labor? James, you're in New York. What what type of goods do you have a hand in that are manufactured in China and why? Michael, good morning. Um, I specialize in antique auto parts, uh, which hmm. I manufacture and import from China. Um, and uh, my argument, quite frankly, is I think that there's a lot of demonization going on. But I think a lot of people don't recognize that this is an industry that is a very niche market. And quite honestly, I don't think we're able to be able to flourish and exist without access to cheap goods. Um, I, I think that the move to China has given this industry a huge shot in the arm in the last 20 years. And I think we need to acknowledge the uh, what it's done to the American economy, that this is an aspect of the American economy that I just think would not be able to flourish the way it has without access. How, uh, how, old, how old must a car or a car part be to be classified as antique? 
from from the insurance company standpoint, 25 years makes things an antique. Uh, That's all. Frankly, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with things within my lifetime being called antiques yet either. Um, but uh, the reality is, yes, Michael, the car that you drove in high school is probably an antique now. Although, okay, so so and I, I had a I drove I drove a '65 Mustang. If I wanted a if I wanted a bumper or you know a, a rear panel for a '65 Mustang, I'm coming to you, and you're getting that manufactured in China. Uh, maybe not that one specifically, but yes, I can tell you Mustangs in particular have a huge following, and I could probably get you every nut, bolt, and screw for that car. But unfortunately, yeah, probably made in China. Okay, why um, made it? Why would that be made in China? Why? Why is that not a business that someone can own and succeed in the United States? Well, Mustangs actually are are. are a poor example only because they're okay. Then give me another that. example. Give give me a, a generic well, example so and tell me why. A less popular vehicle. If I need to make that rear bumper, I can't yeah. make one. I probably have to make five hundred of them to make mm-hmm. the dual production run. I can make five hundred of them and probably sell two thirds of them and pay for the entire lot if it's made in China. But to make that, to have chroming costs, all of the other expenses in the United States. Uh, quite honestly, to pay a union worker to stamp that thing out, that bumper that I could make for, say, under $50 now is $200. And the point and, I was trying to make to the last caller, and I didn't make it well, is that even when you factor in the shipping cost and the tariff that you'd have to pay, it still makes it still makes financial sense to get it from China. Yeah, I hate to say it, and I would love to say that I make everything in the States, but the reality is that if I wasn't making it in China, I probably wouldn't be making it at all. Um, so it's Fascinating. not a or situation. That's, that's the reality that I don't think people realize. I'm not making this choice because I'm trying to get over on my customers and improve my profit margin. I just wouldn't be able to pull this off if I didn't have access to that supply chain. It just hmm. wouldn't work, and you guys wouldn't pay the price. When I tell you that bumper is now 500 bucks. You would say thanks, but no thanks. Um, so, you know, the idea is that, that we really need this to create a price point that keeps this machine moving. Hey, um, thanks for, James, thanks for playing along. I, I, your, your call is what I was looking for. What are, thank you. What are you making in China or have a hand in being made in China and why? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, 
the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Let's try and move quickly because there's so many different calls that are piquing my curiosity. Rick, you're in California. What what do you have a hand in making in China and why? Well, I'm in the flooring industry and all of the flooring, 90% of the flooring is made in China because of the uh, contamination to the environment, the glues they use, the uh, stains. Um, the EPA here restricts a lot of that, which, which is good for our environment. And also the manufacturing, they don't have the billowing uh, you know, smokestacks and everything. And, but it can be manufactured there and brought here as a finished product. And Got it. It's so 90% the, the, of to, to the do industry. It. To do it in the states would be, would be from a regulatory standpoint, would be a bit of a hardship. Albeit good for our our environment, as you put it. You remind me of a thank you, Rick. You remind me of a story that I I, I want to make sure I come back to later. That's posted at Spurconish dot com today, where a community in California, northern it was Palo Alto actually. They wanted to know where does our recycling go, and lo and behold, uh, oh large part of it ends up in Asia. Why? Because it's like a no man's land. No, nobody nobody has to answer for anything. I think it was 60, 40, 40% in the United States. Uh, Justin, you're in Connecticut. What do you have a hand in making in China and why? Well, I don't specifically have a hand in making anything, but I work in procurement for a um, large medical device company. So I do business case analysis for where to source parts and, and when to move it out of China, oh. for example. Okay, why? Why um, are why are medical devices being made there and not here? Well, that's that's the thing is we're no longer making them there. Um, part of it is is the nationalism in China. You can't sell in China without making it in China for a lot of products, but they become so unreliable, and the labor rates actually are pretty comparative in India and Mexico. That between the tariffs and you know the government shutting down a factory whenever they want for COVID, um, we're actually not moving anything new to China. Anything yeah. new, we're sort of we're doing more local to local where we source parts in North America and North America parts in that go to Europe are sourced in 
in Europe, and a lot of stuff is moving to India. But the the labor rates aren't the issue anymore. It's that that if you think of China like what Walmart did, um, they undercut you know U.S. companies, uh, European companies, Mexican companies for a number of years. That now the manufacturing is all there. There's not enough companies to even source to. There's competitive companies in North America that do sheet metal, machine parts, but their business is so overwhelmed with orders that I can't even get in there um, because there's not enough of them anymore. Got it. So it's it's not so much current. It's the the boom in the 80s and 70s that China has. Set the stage. Um, Yeah. I get it the way you've explained it. Thank you for that, Justin. Interesting. Uh, Alberto, same question. You're in New Jersey. What's the product and why? Good morning, uh, Michael. Uh, I'm in the, the glass and mirror industry, a uh, family business, third generation. Uh, we've been buying glass and equipment from China now for since the early 2000s, about. And uh, when when Trump was uh, when Trump came in and he raised the tariffs up to 30 percent, that created a huge disruption because we were playing we were paying close to almost nothing to bring bring stuff in. But even even with the 30 percent tariff, it was still less expensive and it was it was uh, you know doable. When COVID came, there was a huge disruption in the, in the amount of containers coming. So then that for the first time ever, it became better and less expensive to buy here domestically because the, the, the mix of not getting enough containers, it was just not a, something that was readily able to, to get done. But I would say going forward, I think the biggest issue is, uh, I think the biggest thing that would help us to bring more stuff and get away from China would be to open up more free trade agreements with other countries. Because I think that Recently, we've been we've been noticing that we can bring in stuff from, say, like Saudi Arabia, Turkey, even Colombia, and there there's special trade agreements that, for the first time, you know, you you can eliminate that 30% tariff, uh, which a lot of industries face, and it's kind of a way to, I, I think, create a little bit more diversification. Al- Alberto, if if we went back a generation or two in this this glass and mirror business of of your families, would there have been a time when the manufacturer, the production was in the United States? It was. Uh, I'll give you a, st- a stat. In our industry, there currently in the U.S., there's only about 20-something glass float lines that are producing glass 24-7. Currently, there's more than 200 of those in China. So as you, as you can see, there's just not enough glass being made in this country, even if, even if the prices were equal, to keep up with the demand. Okay, so then what is, it, what is it that changes? Do you reach a point where someday you go looking for a Chinese manufacturer, or does someone get in contact with you and say, hey, Alberto, I represent this Chinese manufacturer. We can save you a lot of money. How so, I'm trying to find, oh. figure out how sophisticated it is that they come preying on American or to help American businesses. Oh, they, 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 we, I get advertisements. I get emails all the time from them because, like I said, there's so many of them out there. And they're struggling because, you know, COVID really hit them hard. And, and I think, you know, they get subsidized so much by the government that it keeps them afloat. But think about it. 200 glass float lines pumping out glass. Right. We get, you know, I get they're, it. They're, they're fighting. They're fighting for, to, you know, to see who can lowball each other. It's crazy. Good luck, Alberto. Thank you. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.